Welcome to the Kayak Bass Nation. Happy Monday night. Welcome to KBN Live. I'm Jeff Malott, my partner Ryan Lambert over there. Here we are. Back from lacrosse. I am beat. I know our two guests tonight are as well. Uh, how you doing tonight, Ryan? It's an exciting weekend. I'm wide open, buddy. Wide dick open. Let's go. WDO. All right. Well, as everybody followed along this weekend, we had a, a heck of a tournament up in lacrosse. It was a fun time up there. Uh, I wish it would have went better for myself on the second day, but I still had a blast getting to see a lot of folks that I hadn't seen in a while up there and i wanted to say shout out to ryan for uh giving me a little ga gas me up a little bit on the group page on day one when i was i was making a making a run man we were rooting for you jeff i mean that's that's how this show goes i was hoping i'd see you and dylan both uh cashing some checks up there man i, I you kind of kind of yeah. hurt my feelings there <laughs> i know man i know you, you know i tell you what these bos fields as you know as the grand champion in a, in a bos winner you can't mess around. You can't slip up at all, or you will get blown by like a dang NASCAR track, and especially at lacrosse because the limits are so tucked together. If you don't stay consistent with what you're putting up, or put up a giant limit like our guest Jay's put up, uh, you're in you're in deep trouble. You got you got to stay on them up there. I, I think uh, it's cool seeing those fisheries though, where it is so tight because. I think that gives you more motivation to kind of fish harder because yeah. you know that one big bite can completely, completely change your day. I mean, that like Watts Bar this year when Ewing was leading it, I knew I needed like a 19-inch fish <laughs> to have yeah. a shot at. And, and, and on a day where like a 13-inch fish was great, like that that seems like kind of how the, the fishery at lacrosse sets up to where it's not, you know, there's not those 23, 24-inch, you know, big phenoms coming in but if you get an 18 or 19 inch bite like you're you're moving 10 spots 15 spots up the list yeah yeah i, I looked at the list after the fact and if if i just hook a 17 incher at some point in the afternoon and get rid of a 12 i move up 10 spots almost and that is all the difference in these toc points because right now i think i'm going to be right on the edge of being in the in the points um so every point counts and every inch counts so uh crazy but it, but it was fun man it was cool to see a lot of people catching fish big swings on day two and and you know had a blast eating dinner with some folks on a couple different nights learned some new language up there that i didn't know uh, before what, what'd you come up with uh we had mark and dylan and i had dinner with rj hoover on saturday night and he coined the term cheese balls instead of cheese curds he was okay. ordering cheese balls uh and then he had the waitress saying curd balls by the end of the night i don't curd know curd balls all right i don't know how that happened but uh that's they were delicious regardless. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Then I learned Jim Clark's a good bago partner or cornhole, as you know. it. Bag so. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just call it bago? Yeah. There's a company called the Bago Company in Hot Springs. They make the bago. Oh, boards. my goodness. All right. But cornhole's what it's called. Even in Ohio, it's called cornhole, man. Yeah, it is cornhole. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, I know. So we, we, ran, we ran through some folks there. That was fun. Uh, but, yeah, great time. Great time. And, of course, we've got Matthew Brandon, the champion, and third-place finisher and probably the hottest angler in kayak fishing right now, maybe, Jay Wallen. And I mean his fishing, his ability. Right? Ah, have you seen his swimsuit calendar? No, not yet, anyway. That's where he gets the name. Okay, so we got those. And then shout-out to Russ Snyders. He finished runner-up. You know, Russ did what Russ does and, you know, finished up there once again. Sorry so. we didn't bring him on again for the 15th time, but we're yeah. trying to give the guy a break. Yeah, we'll have him on at some point. And we always I'm, we always like to have Jay on, friend of the program. So. Oh, yeah. 
Um, what else do we want to talk about before we get these guys on here? I know they're tired and want to talk. Uh, we, <laughs> we, uh, we had an interesting day on The Nation. Uh, yeah. It was very reminiscent of the old days. Uh, I guess there's some kind of beef going on between between Basquatch and Ike. Um, Ike's new show launches tonight. Um, I think it's 9 p.m. on CBS Sports. But basically he goes around and fishes with different people in their profession. I think there's like a bull rider, an MMA fighter, a football player, that kind of thing. Uh, so he'll fish with them, but then he'll do whatever they do. So like I think he learns to ride a bull and fights a dude in a cage and you know whatnot. I don't know the details on this. I mean, obviously there's two sides to every story, but um, the, <laughs> what made it apparent was McKinstry going around like posting on Ike's socials, like plugging his new show. This is my idea. Like, oh, way to take notes. Be like Mike or some shit. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's a right way and a wrong way to go about things. And if you do feel like that, you know, he did steal an idea from you or whatever, I, I would probably take that up like on a more professional legal route even um, and not just, you know, look like some kid throwing rocks at something shiny on the Internet. It was a bad look. And then an even worse look on the actual page <laughs> trying to defend it. So. Oh, well, uh, we expected that. I don't know. I kind of had forgot about it all until I saw that. So that's that's pretty funny stuff. Well, it was a good time, for sure. Yeah, good time. Who knows? I'll go back and check the comments later. It's probably grown a little bit. But always some good zingers in there on KB. I want to keep the rest. I've got, I actually made a list. I actually did my homework. So I've got a, I got a few things that we'll touch on with uh, with our guests on the show uh, from the from the last week. Okay. Good stuff. Well, let's not let's not mess around. I know these guys. I know Matt's on the road, and Jay is tired as he can be. So let's get him in here. Bless his heart. Talk about it. Let's do it. Take a quick break. We'll be right back, y'all. KBN Live is brought to you by Western Sun Vodka. Western Sun Vodka is a ten times distilled, award-winning, gluten-free vodka. They're independently owned and crafted in Pilot Point, Texas. All right, there we go. Uh, Jay Wallen, Matthew Brandon, thank you both for joining us. The champ, Matt Brandon, and uh, Jay Wallen, steadily climbing that AOI, man. Thank thank you all for taking the time tonight. Appreciate you having us. Yeah, man. Yeah, You You sound sleepy, Jay. Uh, damn, I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, uh, where are you at right now? Obviously, you're in a vehicle. Where in the United States are you? I'm in uh, Rapid City, South Dakota right now. We just stopped for oh. dinner. Okay. South Dakota is a nice spot. It was better to, do this and, better to do this than try and do it while on the road. Yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> I'll give you credit for that one. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about tonight, fellas, because uh, obviously I was at this one, so I've got a little perspective on how the place was fishing, and, and I think on day two some things changed, and some people adjusted and some people didn't. You guys obviously did, so let's talk about the event. I mean, we'll start with the champ. Matthew, uh, how long were you there? What did you get figured out before the tournament started? Uh, we were actually there for two weeks. Um Amanda's got a nonprofit for introducing women to the outdoors, and they had their event the weekend prior. 
So I didn't. I only fished for three days. I fished uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, found three spots. One of them was a huge school um, up in the marsh. I didn't fish any main river stuff. I went out and tried one day for smallies. I'm just not a smallmouth guy. But <clears throat> I don't know. I had good water the first day of the tournament. I had clean water, and uh, as that mud made its way down, it got a little tougher. So I lost one spot completely to mud. It turned into chocolate milk, and it was running pretty quick coming out. I don't know what river that was. It feeds into the Mississippi there, but it uh, it blew that spot out completely. And that was one of my big fish spots where I'd get in 17 and a half, 17 and three quarters. Um, so luckily, that, that, the big school I found, they stayed the whole time. So that's how I was able to get my, my two you, decent you, limits. You want to drop what pool you were in? Or are you keeping that close to the vest? No, I was down in nine. Down that was nine. Only, that's only okay. my second time in lacrosse. I fished... Uh, I fished the Black River two years ago when I was there for a KBF event, and practice was fantastic. Caught some big smallies, but on tournament day, there was nothing there. So I just kind of reached out and tried some new areas this time, and nine looked like what I grew up fishing back home in South Carolina, so I stuck on there. I got you. And, Jay, we had dinner uh, Friday, and you talked about you were on a little something. And I kind of saw the twinkle in your eye like you had something figured out. <laughs> so what what'd you find practicing, man? Uh, well, it was a little area that I actually found last year. Um, and of course I got there this year and it was completely dry. And so there was only one slough that actually had enough water in it that I could even, even think about getting my kayak up in there. And it was pretty low. I mean, there was basically a ditch that if you stayed in the ditch, it was maybe a foot, foot and a half, but outside of that ditch, you know, it was, I mean, it was six inches of water you know um but the fish were there you know i found them on thursday they were i mean it was no problem i went in there and got a limit real quick and uh you know so i backed out of there and tried to find some other stuff in the area and i i had a couple areas that i thought you know were also holding fish but um as that water came up that spot literally just got better and better and better uh, i heard a lot of people talking about you know matt brought it up that a lot of people's area got kind of blown out, you know, a little muddy, a little chocolate milk. Uh, my area stayed clean. You know, that water that was coming up in there, uh, it was not muddy at all. I don't know. I don't, I don't have an explanation for that, but a lot of that water coming in there was clean. So, and there was literally every kind of vegetation. I fished hydrilla, uh, duckweed, eelgrass, uh, lily pads, and then there were these reeds and bank grass. Like there was literally, literally every kind of grass you could imagine. There was uh, American pond weed, is what I think it is. That little spade leaf with the red and green. And uh, three of my biggest fish came out of that that kind of grass. So uh, I started really focusing on the different mixtures of grass, and you could start to see patterns there. You know, anywhere the lily pads and the duckweed were kind of mixed in a little bit of hydrilla, uh, that, that's kind of where it was going down. I got you. Yeah. Um, I don't know who else fished the main river. I fished the main river myself and, and, uh, up in pool eight and was fishing some wing dams. And when that water came up, it really didn't get muddy, but the current really started pushing. I guess they were pushing water all the way through and it just threw everything out of whack on Sunday for me. I don't know if that happened to anyone else. If there's anyone watching that was there, I'd like to know your story. Uh, so you can suffer along with me, but uh, it sounded like where you guys were held up. Were you, were you down to pool nine too, Jay? Or no? 
you know, I was, I was uh, eight, <laughs> You're on, you're on the Mississippi <laughs> River. Are you on the Seven. Mississippi River somewhere? I, I was definitely on the Mississippi River. Okay, um, I got you. It's good. It's kind of where seven, eight, and nine meet. In, in between, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of okay. right in that. Yeah. In the lock between eight and nine, is that where right. it was? Right, right, right. <laughs> I like that. Oh boy. I like and that. you were on two completely different bites, if if I recall. I watched the award ceremony. Jay, you caught most of yours on a frog, correct? Every single one. Yep. And and Matt, you did not. You actually ended up kind of switching up techniques. I think you said a bladed jig, and then then you had to had to switch to just a bottom bouncing jig, if I'm not mistaken. So in practice, I found them. I caught them on top water bladed jig. Uh, I threw a frog in top in a practice. Um, day one, like I said, my third spot was getting pretty chocolate milk, um, up in the grass and the duckweed and stuff. It still was somewhat clean and I threw a horny toad a little bit and caught some fish, but they were small. Um, so anything I caught of size ended up on the first day being on that Picasso shock blade. And then day two, uh, I actually saw it on day one throughout the day. My, my area got muddier and muddier. Um, by day two, my primary spot at big school had gotten pretty muddy. Um, I started off with the shock blade in there, and, and they would hit it, but I wasn't actually hooking it up. I did that for, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes that morning, just waiting on that bite to come on, swap colors a couple times, tried to go to darker colors, nothing worked. Uh, so I decided to swap over to that jig. I had those, uh, like I said, it was like 3-8 ounce Picasso dock rocket. A little, basically like an style head. It's a small jig, so it kind of comes through that grass pretty good. It's got a four-wire tungsten weed guard on it. Um, started sticking a uh, missile-based D-bomb, the full size on the back of it, which kind of a little bit too big for that jig, but I think it helped that D-bomb kind of make it float over the top of some of that grass. And yeah, as soon as that thing hit the bottom, they were filling it. And you so, said you and, were and fishing like a current seam, right? Like uh, where like yep. two creeks or channels or something came together yep. and that's what those fish were really positioned on? Right, and so in practice, I found my fish on the outside of weed lines, and when the water came up, you couldn't follow the weed lines anymore. But that big school, it was, it was two creeks came together on the point where they touched. There was a big grass bed with sand, uh, I guess, sand drop off the end of it, and man, they were they were loaded on the outside of that sand drop. That's awesome. Sounds like a good spot there, for sure. I'm trying to get these comments looking straight. Okay. They're not looking straight. You put Jim's picture up there with oh, it. No. So, my, bad. <laughs> my bad. Jim selfie, literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think I got it all set. You um, got it. You good? All right, we're yeah, we're back right, on track right. now, guys. We're back on track. All right, Bob Bailey had a question in the comments. How many pike, sheep's head, whatever did you guys catch this week? Any by catches, as they say. Uh, I, I caught one bowfin and two pike, and that was it. The rest were bass. Uh, what I about caught, you, Matthew? I caught, a, I caught a two freshwater drum. I had a 22-inch walleye, a 24-and-a-half-inch walleye. Wow. Probably <laughs> 25 pike. Whoa. It was pretty nuts. That walleye came, the big walleye came out of a, like a foot and a half of water in the grass. Weird. What were the pike eating? Jackhammer or sorry, shock blades? <laughs> no, that was uh, frogs. <laughs> really? All right. All frogs. Yep. I had a I had a pike eat the the shower blow. Jay Wallen's favorite topwater. Ooh. Hey. Uh, 
And were you throwing the mini shower blow? No, or I, was the throwing the, I was throwing the big one. Like going it. after him. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I was going after, him. after and it, him. And there were oh. there were bass in the area, so when it first hit, I thought it was thought it was one, but it, it was yeah. Then I caught a pretty big drum that I also thought was going to be the kicker of the day. That's I caught a giant walleye up there on the French Broad in the TOC, like first thing in the morning on a shower blow. <laughs> I thought it was a I thought it was a giant smallmouth. Yeah, I was wrong. It wasn't yeah. at all. I have uh, I got four of those mega bass big frogs that are just shredded from the pipe. I was mm-hmm. super gluing them together on the water. I catch the like Seminole, especially those chain pickerel down there, man. Like, I cannot keep them off a jackhammer. Like, they they just they eat them, and they they're so toothy. You know, they just cut the line; it's over with after about three seconds of fighting them. So let's go through day one, man. We we kind of went all over the place with how the overall tournament went, but uh, day one, Matt, were you were you crowded over there? Did you have the area to yourself? Or how did day one go for you? I had one other kayaker that launched where I did a um, bunch of boats, but everybody seemed to stay in the main river. Like I said, I didn't see any boats or kayakers in the marsh where I was the entire tournament. Um, day day one, they didn't have a tournament out of that ramp, so that was kind of nice. Day two, they did, so there was a bunch of boats like a pier running up down the river, but I didn't have any pressure where I was. Did you know you were going to win? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, All actually, right. I stayed with, uh, let's see, Matthew Scott stayed with us a few nights. Guillermo stayed with us and so did Christine Fisher. And three days practice fishing, I hit 81, 83, and 86 inches. And I told them at the house, I was like, there's no way that's enough to win because I'm just dump fishing. I don't know the place. And I fished three different areas. And they were like, oh, no, I think that'll catch a check. And I'm like, eh. I said, I would, I would hope that that's just going to be average. But I think. What saved me or what was good for me was the fact that the conditions did change. I know mm-hmm. Some people were on some really big smallmouth, and I know that muddy water had to hurt those smallmouth bait. I tell you, from Friday to Saturday, it changed quite a bit. But between Friday to Sunday, on the main river, it was a huge difference. With the, yep. Like I said, just with the current and the way the wind was blowing around from the opposite direction, it was a wild deal on the main river compared to practice. Did you at any point wish you had a 360, Jeff? No. <laughs> The wind wasn't that bad. <laughs> now the wind, the wind wasn't beating me up. It was just going the opposite direction of the current. You know what I mean? Uh, I kid, I kid. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyway. So Jeff, I mean, I, I want like we know you went with the main river deal, but Jay, did you think, you know, did you feel like you had a good shot at it? Were you feeling pretty confident going into it, or was it kind of a crapshoot? Like I'm just going to see mm-hmm. see how this well, plays out. You know, I I didn't think. I, I mean, I. I knew I was on something good. I knew it was enough to cash a check. I didn't know. I didn't know how good some of those other boys were on stuff. You know, uh, some of the. I, I mean, obviously Christine was posting up some smallies. Uh, I knew if someone could get on the smallmouth two days in a row, they would be hard to beat. Yeah. Um, but that's. It's so hard to do that, which is why when I go up there, I don't target smallmouth at all. Uh, I'll take my chances with, you know. 83, 84 inches of largemouth two days in a row and, you know, see where I shake out. What is um, it that makes those smallmouths so unpredictable up there, do you think? Because it seems like, and Christine mentioned it before the tournament, every year she'll get on a big, like a consistent big smallmouth bite and it it's gone. Like it's gone yeah. on tournament day. I could be mistaken 
and and wrong. But I feel like last year the Nathan. same thing happened to uh, <clears throat> was it Jackson Orr? I think mm. the same thing happened to him. He was crushing them in practice, big smallmouth, and uh, it it left him. You know, they do that. I don't know how why they move so much though. Like I mean, if you go it's down the, the Tennessee River or whatever, like especially current related fish, they're pretty, you know, they're pretty predictable. They're pretty stacked up yeah. where they have to be. I don't know why they move so much up there. Is there not a lot of current or what is, I, I don't understand what well, it is that allows them to move that much. I'm not a, I'm not a river guy, so I, I don't know the answer. That's very that. <laughs> true. You say that shit and then you've cashed two big checks off two rivers in the last, what, month and a half? <clears throat> I don't know where they go, man. I, I'll tell you this. I stayed on the main river somewhere. and all. And the only reason I did was because I was catching probably 75, 80% largemouth on those wing dams, and I thought they would stay. Yeah. Uh, and there were some bigger smallmouth in there, but they did vacate on uh, Sunday for sure. That's crazy. Uh, but the largemouth stayed, but I, I think they were still there. I just couldn't figure out how to get them to fire because I was still catching some, but they just weren't they weren't eating like they were. And, Matt, uh, you said you had some smallmouth that actually pulled into your spot. Like when everybody else was struggling and their bite was kind of – dying off as the water muddied up you had smallies that moved into your largemouth spot correct i did and i don't know that they moved in so in practice all i caught was pulled four largemouth out of that spot in practice where a big school was but mm -hmm. i was getting hits i mean you'd have a fish hit it hook up for 10 seconds lose him and another one would grab it instantly so i knew there was a big school there but it was mm -hmm. all largemouth and then day one was all largemouth Day two, I had swapped to that jig, so maybe that was a difference in the, the smallies were on the bottom underneath them. I don't know, but I caught, I probably caught 50 fish out of that school on Sunday, and I would say I had 15 smallmouth out of that. Wow. Um, and it <laughs> sounds like the folks, like you guys in the, in the, in the, I'm going to call it the backwaters or up in the sloughs or wherever, um, that stuff got better with the rising water, not worse. You know, as opposed to folks that were out, out in the well, open. I can tell you, I did a float on nine on Sunday and got picked up six miles down river. And the farther I went down in pool nine, the cleaner it got. It was gin clear at the bottom of nine. Just from reading Jesse and Elvis comments that you threw up there, Jeff, I think you two may be related. You may want to, you may want to do the little family tree thing. You two could be related. Jesse and Elvis? <laughs> they could be. Yeah. They could be. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Elvis is throwing some knowledge in the comments. But, yeah, uh, so, Jay, Matt, you were 82, 84. I mean, consistent as can be. I'll throw you guys limits up there. Uh, but, Jay, you were down in the, what, mid to high 20s after day one? Uh, uh, yeah, I was like 27th, I think. Yeah, and, I mean, I know – you got to take that with a grain of salt because the limits are so close there that right. you know, a couple inches make 20 spots worth of difference. But, but still, did you, did you lack any confidence going into day two in spite of, uh, not going, uh, you know, and not uh, going how you wanted on day one? No, I, on, in, in all honesty, I knew I was going to, I was going to tear them up on Sunday. Um, I, that area that I was in, I, I kind of laid up a little bit. I, I, I didn't know how good it was. I didn't know if there was enough fish in there to, you know, to really last. Um, so I went in there on the first day. I caught caught my limit pretty quick, called three times, and was like, I started getting nervous about it. 
because <clears throat> I was, you know, calling 15 inch fish and it's like, man, you know, I might, I'm going to need these tomorrow. And so I left it, you know, I, I left it and I probably should have stayed in there until I hit 80, 81 inches, something like that. Uh, just to give myself a little bit better chance. But, um, I knew Sunday I was going to go in there and I was going to stay in there all day uh, and, and just hammer them. Um, so I, I kind of reluctantly, I, I didn't go as hard as I feel like I should have. That's okay. I'm, I don't have any regrets about it. I mean, yeah, I think you did. You did plenty there. Uh, I mean, as we've mentioned, yeah, I mean, I the angler of the year race, man, like you're, you qualified for the TOC. You're sitting pretty to to make a move on on AOY. So I think you you really checked all the boxes you needed to check on that one for sure. Yeah. So, so Matt, was this your first Hobie event of the year, or not? Uh, first one of the year. Yeah, this is only the second okay. Hobie event ever. I fished uh, fished Gunnersville two years ago and took third down there. Um, okay. When I, back then I was in Charleston on a ship, so I was always out at sea and couldn't make it. So when I qualified for the TOC that time, I ended up not being able to go. Um, and then now I'm back in California, and it's so far to the tournament, so I don't get to fish the Hobie events. I got you. I, I was just curious if you were going to make a push for the AOI if you had another one under your belt, <laughs> but obviously it's one and done. You can just kind of rest easy and get to that TOC. No, he's going to hit the uh, the California BO. Never oh. mind. Never mind. <laughs> I say that because Tim Arthur's little smart ass is in the comments, and he said a California guy wins, huh? Interesting. Matt is not a California guy, Tim. Matt, have you ever worn lipstick? Be honest. <laughs> He's not a California guy, so get out of here. Do you wear three masks outside? Never, never mind. That's too far. That's uh, too far. Bless it. No politics or pandemic talk. Keep it. Yeah, keep the. <laughs> Keep both of those, both the P's, three P's yeah. out of here. Three P's out. Wait, what? Everybody... <laughs> yeah, bad stuff. Uh, Bob Baylor's in the comments, Ryan. He had quite a weekend too, didn't he? Bob Baylor, my <laughs> boy. <laughs> so, so Bob won uh, in the in the JT auction. Bob won the Co Wetzel backstage experience memorabilia pack, all this stuff. Uh, so Co was playing in Iowa this past weekend and i get a text uh from co's manager and he's like your boy bob's having the time of his life side stage right now <laughs> and then bob sends me all these pictures and videos and stuff so he he got to cash in on his auction winning uh congrats bob i hope you had a blast man i know that those guys definitely uh show you a good time when you're around you imagine that had to be a blast Let's see if I, can. I can't imagine i guarantee it was a blast 10 out of 10. I'm actually, I'm going to send those guys, the is. dugout just dropped some new flowery, uh, flowery hats <laughs> today. I'm going to send, uh, send those guys a couple of them for sure. There's Bob having the time of his life. Packers shirt and all. Yeah. <laughs> I showed Steve-O. Steve-O was so proud. Steve-O loves, uh, he's a big Packers fan. Yeah. yeah that's, that's uh, a good crowd to get in the middle of there. Uh, anybody watching, we appreciate y'all watching. Please give us, uh, if you have any questions, shoot them over for Matt or Jay uh, tonight. I know some people are asking already about Pickwick because this is probably one of the closest turnarounds Hobie's had this year, isn't it? Just a couple weeks and they're turning around on Pickwick. I, I mean, they they usually have the closer turnarounds, but when they do, it's, it's not in the same uh, kind of accessible wheelhouse to people. 
You know, last year I think it was Susky and the and the real Hobie uh, BOS in California, uh, but that was like two weeks I think because Kate drove from from the Susky all the way out there. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's right. So this one's coming in two weeks. Sherwood wants to know what's it going to take to win a Pickwick. We're not even talking about lacrosse yet, but he's wanting to know what's going to win that. Sherwood ain't even coming to Pickwick anymore. Don't worry about it, Sherwood. It's going to take fishing it. Ten fish. Uh, I'll let y'all read Josh Evans' comment there. Oh. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So so actually neither. I'm going to answer this. (laughs) No, hang on. Ike wouldn't even have to show up. Uh, Becky could step in and handle oh, that. Oh, that's a fact. That is a fact. I know mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. yeah, I could just sit back and let mm-hmm. his lady handle that. That ain't business. no lie. I, and I don't, I don't doubt that that Basquatch wouldn't show up for the fight. You look at that boy's nose; he ain't ever missed a fight. <laughs> Not ain't never missed one. <laughs> Wild times. Uh, <laughs> oh. Joey yeah, Randall said, uh, "Queen City's you're coming wrong. strong to Pickwick. They must be bringing some East Coasters to Pickwick." You're Heck kidding? Yeah. You're kidding me? Yeah, Everybody's we're getting out. a house down there. So hit us up, Joey. We need to we need to hang out this time. I'll answer Sherwood's question though. I think it's going to take an average of about ninety-two to ninety-three inches a day to Whoa. win. Pickwick. <laughs> it's like that, huh? Jay, Jay, with the long shot. Just letting you know how it's going to go. Ninety-two yeah. inches. He's going. Average, he, yeah. he is coming for the, for the AOI, right? Pickwick, bro. It, it is Pickwick, but you've seen the last few Pickwick tournaments, hadn't you? Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Jay's, Jay's feeling this <laughs> Jay's, momentum. Jay, no, Jay's got so tied up. Hey, listen, <laughs> listen. The last tournament I live covered, Jay Wallen, I passed a fish barrel hanging off a dock. So <laughs> I ain't true. gonna doubt Jay anymore. <laughs> <laughs> if he says they're there, they're there. All right. They, no, they may Russ be spitting Snyder's, up goldfish, but they're there. Russ Snyder's going to step in and hang 91 one day and probably 93 another. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. Uh, that's what it, The man's going to roll down there and, and do it. Okay. He'll probably roll down there and catch some. I, yeah, I, I, need I some, don't doubt that. I need some juice. I've never fished Pickwick in my life. This will be the first one, so I'm looking forward to it. Pickwick's a cool fishery. Uh, it's got a little bit of everything. It's got a uh, big largemouth in the grass. It's got big largemouth on ledges. It's got big smallmouth, uh, you know, in creeks, rocky points, current. Uh, there's big boulders. There's super deep grass on Pickwick. Uh, you can kind of pick your strength and and focus on it. But if you try to focus on everything, then you'll fall on your face. So yeah. <laughs> be Jesse, careful with that. Jesse talking about uh, the bites picked up. Jay calling that one right, he says. I don't believe it. I don't believe Jesse or Jay. <laughs> I'll make a believer out of you yet. <laughs> Neither one of them. I'll see you at the TOC. What, there's a nice little bar down on Ufala. I've already been sent the location. You go make a believer out of me right there. Is it the hilltop? Dylan, Land- mm-hmm. Dylan told me uh, stories about the hilltop. Okay. You got to have a club membership. Yeah, there's a dry county. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you got to have a club membership. We're going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. So both these guys were doing something a little bit different, catching them a little bit different. So I know that people watching have some questions about it. So fire them off. We'll we'll try to get them to these guys as fast as we can. We got a few people on Facebook, a few people on YouTube. So we appreciate y'all watching. Of course, you can always help us out and click that little share button. Doesn't cost you a thing, but it helps us out. Um, distributing this 
information to folks. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think the event, it was kind of a rainy couple days leading up to the weekend, but overall, I think lacrosse is a, is a great host. What'd y'all think of the town? They always do a good job hosting Kyogers up there, don't they? Absolutely. Uh, two years ago, our first time there, Amanda and I both loved it. Talked about getting a place up there. Uh, this time it was no different. You know, all the people are great. The, the venue's great. I was just chatting with another guy. He was talking about how there's so much pressure up there. They have two to five tournaments a weekend out of lacrosse. I was like, in California, that's average every day, all day on Delta, on Clear Lake. I said, that's just, that's normal to me. Yeah, there's that many yeah, dog fights on Nickajack down here. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's a, you know, it's cool to be able to fish somewhere when you set the hook. You don't know what it's going to be. Small mouth, large mouth, pipe, drum, whatever. Uh, I mean, the fish aren't giant, but, man, that's... They sure make up for it attitude. Them fish on a frog, it's unreal the way they blow up on a frog up there. Right. Uh, this, I, I wish we'd have had the Possum King on to answer this question. <laughs> I saw that just come I was about to type and reply. It. Mark <laughs> Pendergraph crawled all over some gas station parking lot while he was up there. <laughs> Poor boy. What? Blaming it on COVID. Mark has recovered from COVID, and we're glad that he did. But apparently, we're going to have to keep a real close eye on his intake from now on. That's I didn't know that was a side effect, but it is. Yeah. The, the king was uh, was feeling himself Thursday night, but not so much Friday from what I understand. So. Oh, my boy. My boy. Bless his heart. I don't know if anyone else did any of that. Dylan was along for the ride. but Oh, they uh, did. They found a house bar somewhere. It was like a, a literal house that someone turned into a bar. Uh, they seem to have a nice adventure there as well. Yeah, there's a lot of them in lacrosse. I tell you what, about every ten steps downtown, it seemed like there's some bar down there. So. I really hate that I missed that. It sounds like a good venue, to be honest. Yeah, the people are so down for sure, yeah. and the people are so nice. Everybody was so eager to yeah. help. Like the waitresses were nice, the people at the gas stations were nice. It was it was it was cool. Even the uh, drunkard homeless people wandering around the ramps were were nice. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you found some interesting ramps, Jeff, that you sent us pictures of with lots of minivans and whatnot parked up and down the parked up and down the sides. Yeah, I think I could have bought literally anything I wanted on that <laughs> dark road. With five dollars cash. Yeah, five dollars. <laughs> maybe maybe traded some of the stuff in the back of my car. I don't know. McDonald's uh, gift card. Yeah. Oh I'll tell goodness. you what, the one thing I I'll tell you all a funny story I didn't realize until later. Where I launched was pretty much on the main river. You could see downtown from where I launched. And straight across from where I was, you could see a bunch of tents. And I thought, well, dang, that's a weird place for a campground, but it's going to be like, I bet some guys are staying there, and they're going to come straight over here to my stuff, but I'm going to fish it anyway because they were they were loaded in there on Friday. Uh, well, come to find out, that is not a campground. That is a homeless encampment straight across from where I, <laughs> where I lost, yeah, right, there in the middle yeah. of, right there in the middle of town. So no one okay. bothered me from there. No one. That's no, no, They didn't have kayaks? They did not have kayaks. So that was okay. bizarre. Nope. <laughs> Yeah. So, the, no, I'm not, I was gonna, I was gonna say something completely inappropriate. I'm not going to. Um, question, situational question. So Kyle Schroeder, he posted uh, a video of him fishing in Texas, and this pontoon boat <laughs> runs over his line. It takes off with his bait. Matt, what are you doing in that situation? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't think you have a whole lot of options. Pray, pray you don't have braid. Just wave, just wave at them. Have, have you ever just had anything wave. like that happen? Absolutely. Uh, I, I would say by far, Clear Lake's probably the most uh, 
and you hate to talk bad about people, but it's it's about the worst place you can go for that, especially in a kayak. I mean, you can literally be fishing a dock and have two boats pull up on either side of you and cast across your line there. And I just, I've never had people encroach so much as I do on Clear Lake. Really? Do you yep, think it's because they're Californian thing. or because of the water itself? Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, Clear Lake's a big lake, but fish is small. And uh, Originally, I thought it was because I was in a kayak and they were in boats. But, man, they do it to me in the bass boat, too. I mean, they, they just really? They just don't care, huh? So we got a question from Tim Arthur. Uh, before I do that, I meant to ask either one of you if have you've ever been attacked by a wood stork. We heard that story from across <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah, I had to get some clarification on what exactly a wood stork is. You heard this yet, Ryan? No. Did this happen in the minivan? No. Mar- Mark Mark Pendigra- Mark Pendigraph at at dinner claimed to be attacked by a wood stork. Is that why he was puking? I guess I don't know, but. Uh, he told us the uh, harrowing story of uh, the wood stork that jumped in his kayak uh, while he was practicing. What was it trying to get? I don't know. I, he didn't have his GoPro on. I thought he was going to be the new Drew Gregory goose attack guy, but it didn't all. He didn't have Gosh. Possum King, this was your chance to be famous, man. Keep it rolling. We talked about this. Yeah, I think Jay and Jim Clark uh, did some... Biology, you know, some biology or zoology <laughs> research, and figured out that that was not a wood stork; it was some sort of a uh, native bird. Jim, still, Jim Clark Googled it. I think is what happened. Yeah. Okay. Jim yeah. just said it was a pelican. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he confirmed. It was a pelican. Very similar to a wood stork. Yeah. Yes, that was that was the funniest part of the story, to be honest. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's let's get back to the question. Katie, <laughs> Katie's, Katie. He's throwing up links to what's the <laughs> My All God. Right. Uh, Jesus. Okay. Sorry. Sorry to put us on that detour, Ryan. Uh, We're uh, so, all the way off the reservation here. So so uh, Tim Arthur asked, have either of you fished this water before? How much practice time did you have? So whoever wants to go first, jump in there. Go ahead, Jay. Uh, I fished there in 2018. Uh, fished there last year in 2020 and then this year in 2021 and I had uh, I really had two days of practice but on Friday I was on the water for maybe three hours in between storms and finally just gave up and got off the water so yeah but I, I've, I've definitely uh, spent some time up there I fished it in uh, 2019. Um, I spent, I think, three days on the water before the tournament, and of course, the tournament day when we had the KBF event. Um, and then this time, I spent three days practicing. So, and all different launches every time. All right. Do y'all think they'll go back next year? I hope so. Again, it seems to be a staple every year. That one seems to pull in the big tournaments. I, and I think it's because, like you were saying, the community support, you know, like the whole. I mean, all the restaurants and, and bars and venues kind of getting in behind it. I think that's what keeps pulling that back. Maybe their fish will grow um, before next year. I was really surprised to see 110. I I know leading up to, you know, the numbers, we were, we were all kind of watching it thinking, eh. You know, it was a perfect uh, opportunity to have a low turnout. You know, you got COVID obviously making a surge. Uh, school starting back. People are getting busy in the fall. Uh, it's been a long season. A lot of people are opting out. Uh, so, you know, not to mention it's in Wisconsin. It's, you know, it's a long drive for the core of, 
of the guys that travel. It's it's a long way, uh, and for them to put up one ten, I think really says a lot. Wisconsin's not in that, the southeast, is it? Not to my not to my knowledge. Oh my god! And they put up one ten. Right. Somebody That's must crazy. travel. That is crazy. I, I think half of them were from the South, which I didn't think the South traveled, according to some naysayers. So that is crazy. Shocking man. developments all over. I think they all just went for the for the spotted cow. I don't know. I, I no, didn't I see. Did. I, you brought you brought home cases of spotted cow. Dylan called me this morning at six thirty because why the hell wouldn't I be up at six thirty on a Monday morning? Uh, and he's like, "Hey, you want me to drop you off a couple cases of spotted cow? I pass it by your house." And I was like, "No, I want to sleep for two more hours. Why did you yeah. do this?" Yeah, I snuck a little bit of that home. Yeah, I said I learned about I that one too. That. <laughs> I, I was looking for it. I couldn't find it. The mango cow. That was a good one. You ever partake in, in that one, right? I've had spot. I, my GE, our home office was in Milwaukee or Waukesha, actually. So I used to go up there all the time and drink. Um, plenty of spotted cow so i'm very familiar with the parent beverage but i've never tried the mango what is is that just a different they, they just make flavor? it at the bar i think i don't know they make oh, it yeah. oh it's just homemade i don't remember what the other one was pentagraph's the one that was talking about it so much yeah he's the one he's the one that got it started of course, of course. Half and half. Of course he it makes <laughs> yeah. more sense now lambert what, what are you sipping on over there i see western sun but that's not vodka is it what is that uh, this is um, it's uh, an Asian beer called Yingling. Um, <laughs> it's out of Pennsylvania. By the way, congrats to Texas. I've gotten a lot of DMs and a lot of uh, stories from their first experience with Yingling. Apparently, it's it hits a little different. It's a little, a little heavier than what oh, they used see. to out That's there. That's a Western Sun Vodka koozie, isn't it? It is. They sent us some because ah, okay. they knew that. that it would be much safer to send me a koozie just in case I went down this road. Yeah. I'm if you saying. remember if you remember night one of the Western Sun Partnership, Ryan drank almost an entire bottle of, uh, I think it was grapefruit. I'm not sure. So he had to It was <laughs> prickly pear, yeah, prickly pear. With, with the cans of... Uh, Whatever that was, Moscow Mule. I didn't think it had enough. I didn't know that it had already enough in it, so I yeah. <laughs> put more inside it, and I haven't done that since. Yeah, so That's it's good. better to go with a koozie and beer than an entire bottle of it's the It's a little Western. safer. Right, it's a little right. safer. Well, yeah. okay. Good deal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any more questions for these guys? I've got a picture pulled up here just so you guys can see. Stork versus Pelican. I can see the confusion except for the long legs and – yeah, but here's the thing. Pendergraph had no idea what either one of those birds are. He has no idea. None. You're right. Yeah, well, that's probably more likely what it actually was, was a sandhill crane. But. Imagine if he'd have been attacked by both. He wouldn't be here with us today. It would have been terrible oh, story. Oh, no. Old Town would be trying to fill that position. Oh, bless him. It was great hanging out with the Possum King. A lot of laughs over those couple of days. You can't beat him. I, there was another post on KBN, and I, I also want these two professionals' opinion on it. Um, drugs, using drugs, on, not on yourself, on your fish to make them lay still on the board. <laughs> like, that's our biggest problem that we have in kayak fishing. <laughs> what? Yeah, you didn't see that? I didn't see that. Game changer. That Game changer. No. Could we use anesthesia on drugs? On drugs, on fish. Fuck. Are you on drugs right now? I, hell, I might be. I don't know. Propofol. Okay. I lost <laughs> anyway, I opinions. I don't, I don't even know what to say about that. It's It was there. I, I did my research tonight. 
day one, I lost a 16 and a half inch smallmouth that I didn't get a picture of because it jumped off the board. Okay, so you could use some sedative. And yeah, another A plus for lacrosse is they've got uh, sharp disposal containers at some of the ramps. So if you did have to use that, <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding? I swear, that's awesome. Just like fishing in California. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, so what kind of uh, um, pharmaceutical concoction are we giving these fish? That <laughs> I don't that, know. I mean, they literally like listed out a couple different like anesthetics to like, like relax them and some guy was talking about and i remember this because this guy i met him at the ramp at seminole on day two i was taking dylan he grabbed the wrong drive and i was taking his drive out to switch or something or taking him a rod or some bullshit anyway um this guy at the ramp he's sitting there telling me this old man and he's like y'all gotta measure them fish right and i was like yeah man and he's like, how do you get them to lay still? I was like, it's kind of tricky. Like, you know, sometimes they'll jump off the board or jump out of the boat or whatever. He said, I tell you, he said, if you take a little vodka and rub it up on their gill plate, they'll lay <laughs> real still. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right. So uh, that's one solution. If that's going to change the game, this so really may expand. Mini bottles of Western Sun Vodka. This could really expand this Western Sun sponsorship here if I we like can get it. people starting to get their fish drunk before they measure them. So pre, uh, when I go out fishing the next time, I want to bring one of those little travel bottles and we'll do a live field test and see see what happens. Uh, let's check the local laws and make sure that's okay first. <laughs> no. <laughs> clove oil. Bob just brought up clove oil. That's there you go. I'll go to Missouri. It's a lawless land up there. We'll do it up there. <laughs> Randy, Randy Creason said ivermectin. That just cures COVID. Hell yeah, we'll have we'll have them fish wormed and COVID proof <laughs> in just a second. The next thing I have on my cheat sheet here, Jeff, a guy asked about does does anybody paddle kayaks anymore? And I know these two don't, but we do have like uh, I don't know several guys that that use paddle kayaks in these bigger tournaments. I can think of. Drew Gregory and and Russ Russell paddle his as well in these in bigger tournaments. So uh, there's definitely um, still some guys hanging on to it. Jeff, you're obviously in an old town. Jay, you're you can go ahead and tell us about your setup, and then we'll move on to Matt. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just in that Hobie PA14, the you know the 360 drive. How's that working out? It's been fantastic. I, I'm. You, yeah, you paddle that it? boat's awesome. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. What about you, Matt? I'm in a standard PA 14, but I definitely had to paddle on a strip. I had a couple ponds and a fish that you had to. I, I didn't paddle so much as I used to paddle as a push pole to get into them. Right. But Guillermo everybody Gonzalez, forgets. He, he was up there at the top with a paddle. Yeah. I, everybody forgets he always paddles. It ain't like yeah. that's and it's always been that yeah. way. It's yep. nothing new. I mean, I know he throws a troll motor on there sometimes when the tournament allows, but he's always doing damage with a with a paddle yak. The fish don't seem to know. Nah. Like I don't I don't think they check generally. No. And I know what are the, there's been nine Hobie events this year. I know at least two have been won by dudes paddling, right? Am I crazy? Yeah. That? Yeah, that dude at Champlain sunk his three or four times. Yeah. And then Nick with Darnell Nick, one paddling, dropped in the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like, got there five minutes before the tournament, just slid it off the roof rack in there. I was like, wow, all right. Yeah, that's all you got to do. It's pretty cool. I ended, I ended up seeing him on the TV, man. 
He's like what? some kind of spokesman up in uh, St. Louis or something, I think. For for uh, what? Local emergency management, maybe, or something like that. I saw him when something was going down up there in Missouri. Wow. Uh, I said, hey, I know that guy. He was on uh, our show. But, uh, yeah, a lot of paddlers still out there getting after it. What else you got on your list, Ryan? The Dark Sleeper. Did you see the Dark Sleeper? I don't want to say knockoff. I want to say um, flattery is the highest form of <laughs> invitation. The highest form of flattery. That's it. Uh, the Berkeley. Did you see the Berkeley one? What's the difference? It's got that monofilament deal over the top instead of the. Film yeah. The what do you it. think about that? Let's. I want to get into this for a second. What do you think about these bait companies that um, <laughs> imitate closely the original of these things? What do y'all? I mean, this one it's was wasn't obvious one right like what i mean where's the line on that kind of stuff do you think uh there is no line it's it's a big gray blob big gray blob all right that's right yeah i mean you can change colors you can change a a a mold you know you can change a, a curvature in a mold or you can add a monofilament weed guard instead of a you know, uh, you can make minor alterations to your lures, give them, a, give it a different name, and it's still kind of the same thing. I mean, you've For got sure. a whopper plopper, and you got a chopo. You know, you. I, I mean, stick meat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you got cinco's and hula sticks or whatever. I don't even know ocho's. General. Yeah, I mean, you got it's. You know, how many different versions of the brush of are there out there? You know. What yeah. I mean? At what point did that, I mean, and I know it's, I guess, a free market or whatever, but what point do you do you think in history did that become, like, the standard thing? I guess we see in well, automobiles a lot. Like, I'm sure know. at some point there was probably, you can't patent a, a shape, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't can I'm you? sure you can patent a design, but, like, you can't patent a crawfish replica you can't patent a bait fish replica i mean it's that's really what these baits are doing um you're just imitating nature so i i don't know i don't know where the line's drawn that's why we have lawyers i guess <laughs> that's why lawyers still have jobs tim saying the whopper plopper was never patented i don't know i don't know yeah. that well um, there was a top raider before there was a whopper plopper uh, yeah. That was a musky bait. Yeah, it's uh, happening and always going to happen. I would say, just absolutely. Uh, every year at ICAST, you're like, oh, well, yeah, and you can't stop. Thing. You can't stop China from knocking off stuff. So, yeah, they'll ne- that stuff will never stop. Yeah, Berkeley said touche and copied a Berkeley that Gilly is a knockoff from was it Japan or China? One or the other. So they went Japan, the I think. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the way of the world. You got anything else, Ryan? That's all I got, man. All right. Oh, the U.S. Open was postponed. Oh, COVID protocol. The parade was going to be a danger to the <laughs> community. Super spreader. If all six of those people showed up again crossing the street. It's really uh, been a mess. That was probably the best move. I mean, it, it, really been a mess. I think the end of the year, if unless it's a real championship, <clears throat> people are, like Jay said it earlier, people are fatigued by the end of the year. And just really not one to, you know, do something else besides you, know, you got the KBF National Championship, the TOC, 
trail championships, all this stuff happening, all American. They didn't need something. Yeah, I, to I just wonder how much of it was really COVID, or is COVID the excuse for we don't think you know the the planning was it doesn't appear to be great. It was kind of put out there last minute. Uh, they 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 had to know they weren't going to get a good turnout. There was what six or six or ten off. people signed up, something like that. I mean, it I wasn't yeah, it wasn't far out of single digits. I think if they want to make that a success, they're obviously going to have to do more promotion. But I think they're going to have to kind of get into the broader base of the angling community and show, uh, you know, what it could do if if it were properly, you know, promoted and staffed, I think. I think if you see a big attendance event, if you make it a big deal, like if you really make it a big deal, I think their payout scale is like a 50-50 split or something on that open. You can't do that. That's not going to do anybody any good. Nobody wants to show up and fish for that. Uh, they, They need to increase their payout, but they need to show something on the other end of why this is prestigious. Like not, not just because you made it up, last year but why is this prestigious like what is this going to do you know for you or for your career for your reach or whatever you're looking for but money money's the number one thing is you're going to have to have a big draw to get these people to come to cookville you know to fish to fish an event i think so maybe they'll go back to the drawing board what's that i talked to him i said do we need to have that guy on here and talk to him about that yeah no i think it'd be great i mean i think it'd be like i'm completely fine. like i think it would be good to give them input and help them grow it and move it along i think the concept's cool like they do it in the bass boat world i think what is it like scott martin and them participate in that stuff every year yeah uh yeah. i mean it's a cool concept fishing against other countries or whatever that's that's neat but i mean you Holy have world's to grow been it. Doing that for a minute yeah but you have to grow it from a legitimate point you can't you can't grow it from some 50-50 money grab and be like, "All right, this is going to be this is going to be awesome, guys. Come on, everybody get out and sign up." That's that's not going to yeah. cut it. Yeah. Dang. Josh Evans made a solid point. KBF National Championship is only at 90 heads a month out. I saw that, man. What do y'all think about that? Is that just procrastination or is it really going to be that low this year? I mean, it's obviously going to be more than 90, but where, where's it going to go? That's usually a 3 or 400 of Angler deal. Procrastination. That's, Procrastination. That's typical of the community. Yeah, I mean, what lacrosse had thirty people a week out and then hit one hundred and ten. Yep. So, uh, forgive me for not knowing, but in the past, KBF had uh, there was like it was a few months out. You had to be signed up. Is that not the case not, anymore? Or not know. now? <laughs> not now, player. Uh, I don't know, man. I think I think it's lost some steam. It's lost some momentum. I think it's lost some luster. Um, I still think they'll probably get two or three hundred people. What they have on Gunnersville last year, Jay? I don't know. <laughs> what like three? It was three something. Wasn't maybe, it three or four? Maybe three and change. Something like that. But yeah. most, and there was you know. probably twelve to thirteen hundred people qualified. So that's, that's pretty bizarre. <laughs> to only have. I mean, I'm serious. There's a lot of people yeah. qualified. Uh, it's kind of like the the BASS is is kind of the in between of the KBF NC and the TOC. It doesn't qualify as many, but there's still quite a few, and they don't pull everybody that's qualified either. So I don't. I don't no, know you, no, you and think. and you won't. There's not. I mean, honestly, the TOC won't won't pull everybody that's qualified because some people may qualify, 
like Matt, for instance, and not to use you as an example, because I actually think you're going to show up, but somebody from California that just is like, hey, I don't want to spend the money to travel out there, you know, for a for a three day tournament. And I get that part. But I think I think that may be an issue. And then I think I mean, I'm sure the covid deal, like all the some different states. I know Louisiana right now, as a matter of fact, for most everything uh, Louisiana requires the vaccine passport to like eat in restaurants or, really? or anything. So, I mean, all that stuff's wow. going to factor in moving forward. Yeah. And, th- and let me tell you this guys, uh, I, I've missed the TOC by one spot twice. And if somehow I end up one spot out in the points and someone doesn't show up, I have no shame in taking a roll down. So slide that on over toward me. Toward me. <laughs> Jay, if you know anybody that has any pull at Hobie, yeah, somebody uh, let them know Jeff would love to be in. Somebody can attend. I will <laughs> hey, take man, we, a, pro, a they, provisional spot if it comes to they, they run a tight ship over there. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I got another event left. I'm good. Pick That's quick. right. We'll go. Would you happen. consider dressing up like a Californian if Matt can't make it? Uh, I, don't, I think we have an H and M close by, and I'll go over there and see what I can do. <laughs> I quit. I'm done. I'm done with this. Yeah, you're out. Unplug the mic. You're done. Okay. <clears throat> it's been a fun night, man. I know everybody's tired. I know Matt and, and Jay have to be. I'm beat, um, yeah. running on fumes, but it's still been a fun night. We appreciate y'all taking the time tonight. Be safe on your drive, Matt. Thanks, thanks for coming on, Jay. Um, quit fishing, man. You've you've done enough this year. Yeah, Jay, just sit out, Pickwick, and coach me up so I can, I can get <laughs> hey, over with you. Y'all, I, I mean, I haven't really won anything, so like, you don't I've have been to. doing good, but like, well, I mean, y'all act like I've been winning everything. Hey, I dude, look, anything. Seth just... Fighter's the baddest man on the planet, and he didn't win one event this year. Oh, so that's, that's true. That's true. Facts. Yeah, I, but he's got the I, haircut and the mustache. Yeah. yeah, I need I need some kind of like sexy trademark. I just don't really know what it is. You got a dog named Hobie, man. What else you need? I do. I do. He's a good little dude. Do you have your belly button pierced yet? Ooh, that's a good idea. I could wear like little tank tops and stuff. Yes, yes. It's all about branding. You'd, you'd be kayak version. You'd be the opposite of Matt Robertson in kayak fishing. That'd be you. Oh, hey, uh, I can't get on Matt Robertson's level. My wife won't allow that. <laughs> I don't, not many civilized people would. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right, folks. I've known known him for a long time, too. Hey, he's a good one, though. I want to bring him back on when he has enough service for us to hear all the stuff that he says. Yeah. 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 But uh, anyway, thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you watch it from. And, of course, if you're on the podcast later, appreciate y'all. Matt, congratulations, dude. Yeah, congrats, Matt and Jay. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. See y'all. Later. We're going to get on the road.